Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 146 of the North Meet South web podcast. Episode 146 and a half, technically. Because, yeah, because, um, actually, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, 146.5, because I have an episode 146. Where we were both sort of missing, you know, we uh, I tried to record, you tried to record, it didn't work, like our time zones didn't match up or our times didn't match up. And so I was like, you know what, let's just both record our own. And so I did, and you didn't. Yeah. And so I have an, a lost episode. If you want to hear it, you'll just have to reach out to me. And uh, the forgotten episode, 146 episodes. So this the is 146.5. Yeah. Yep, yes unfortunately what will happen that was in that period where you were away and i was away and we couldn't sync our clocks yeah. and then laricon yep. things were happening exactly. and yep laricon and all all the things yep fine laricon's the thing of the past indeed we so worry about that it is it is well it's not it's it may be for you it's not for me i still have mm-hmm. to look at all i still have to go watch all the videos uh i don't want to miss all those i watched daniel um colborn's on verbs yeah yep. you got yep. the you got the sneaky unlisted i did preview. um yeah. Yep, I did. And it all sounds very interesting. And I want to talk to him more about it. I want to he- want to see more content on it because I just do. I'll, you guys can. Yeah. You guys will feel the same way. You yeah. guys will feel the same way. It, I, it's I did cool speak stuff. to him. And, and I love the ideas. I, he did a great job establishing the why. Yeah. I think everybody's sure. like, yep, we are on board with you. All the things that you brought up that are problems. I've had those problems before. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yep. So I'm excited to hear more about it. And so that was a good one. I need to catch up on some of the releases. Like, I want to see the... I, I haven't seen the Pulse release yet. I know that it's already out there. I haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet. Um, and then I want to see Nuno do his uh, Stressless one. Mm-hmm. Nuno, for me, is just like a really entertaining uh, presenter as well. I feel like yeah. he just does a great job keeping my attention. Yeah. And so I want to see that one. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of good ones I want to see. So, yes. They're so, all, anyway, all, pretty cool all stuff. very pretty good cool talks stuff. from what I've seen. I mean, I, you know, running around as host and organizer saw bits and pieces of different talks and i've sort of seen them as i've been not editing them but clipping them and and getting them ready for release so it'd be nice to watch them as well so my my welcome went live today nuno's stressless one will go tomorrow and so we're going to have one a day six days a week until the i think 18th of december so we're going to do monday through saturday here so it'll be sunday through friday for for the northern hemisphere one a day and the reason we're doing one a day and not all at once is because we've got a whole bunch of clips from the videos that like take out bits and pieces and kind of just allows us to reinforce the the social media side of things just to kind of keep everyone in the loop a little bit until we announce dates and locations for 2024 so we're just trying to keep the sure. the train rolling a little bit interested yeah yeah especially with yeah especially with you know the the you know laracon is happening in february so we just want to keep that front of mind a little bit but um yeah it's it's going well we're using chris sev's videotap.com so we, oh, we yeah. basically got all of all of the videos were shot and edited live so we we got them like the conference was Thursday Friday. We got all of the videos the following Monday from the the crew that that recorded it. And, and because they were basically editing live, so they had OBS I think set up, which was doing all the switching between the speaker, like the wide view, the the follow camera, the screen. You guys didn't do any streaming, right? We, we didn't did stream it. No, 
but they they certainly did all the the stuff live, which meant that when it came time to edit them, they just had to what they call top and tail. So they put like the intro video at the front. They put the the top like the Laracon Laracon like animated graphic logo on the end of it, yep. and then just sent them through to us. So we got them all really quickly and top then, and tail, and then they're done and dusted. That's it. You got it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, we as I said, we got all of them basically the Monday after the conference finished and then I went through and clipped Jess's Laravel Pulse intro, which she did a fantastic job on, and, and got that out. So we basically had like a 30-second-ish clip scheduled every hour for the following, you know, the next 11 hours that day. Not all of the talks will have as many clips as that. Obviously, the Pulse announcement was quite a dense talk. There was a lot covered in that 30-minute window. So um, some of the others will, you know, will clip out the the high points and 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 drop them. So and, and then each speaker will get like a bit of standalone time from our perspective in terms of getting their content out there. And they'll get a whole day to kind of push that content out and, you know, interact with people if they want on social media and things like that and share the nuggets mm-hmm. and then, you know, link through to the the full talk online as well. So just trying nice. something a little bit little bit different with those videos. Yeah. Um, obviously, the full video will be available for each speaker right away each day and then it'll just be, you know, the the clips that, that come out. And, you know, Jeffrey Way was talking about this and has, has been a bit, I think Jeffrey and uh, Caleb and there's been a bit of discussion as well on Twitter just around like the whole Black Friday, Cyber Monday thing and how, you know, marketing, I mean, yeah. I'm not marketing myself here, I'm marketing the, the conference, I suppose, but marketing yourself and like constantly sending that message out. And it's, you know, from me, it's like, uh, you know, I'm putting out one post every hour for the next six hours or whatever it is. And it, and it seems like a bit of overkill, but I think we all know now kind of the way that the Twitter algorithm works. Not everyone's going to see every piece of content and not, not everyone's awake at the same time of day and things like that. So just putting out the bits and pieces over the course of the day to hopefully kind of spread that so that everyone gets a bit of bit Blanket of air time. the audience. Blanket the audience, yeah. And so, you know, we might put six just, videos out over six spam hours. spam them, if you will. Sure, for sure. Spam them, sure, yeah. So, you know, we, we put six videos out over six hours uh, or six tweets out over six hours, but, like, most people won't see all of those videos. You know, they'll see one and one and five or two and four or whatever. And, you know, it's just, sure. it's, it's difficult to, to kind of put that stuff out because like you want to get some traction on it, but at the same time, you know, it's like, um, oh, I'm, I'm doing too much and, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to kind yeah, it's of not like you're, It's not like you're in their inboxes though. You know, right. it's passive. Yeah. So we know? sent so like, like if one email. want to see this scroll by. Yeah. We sent one email yeah, today, so which was like thing. a conference wrap. And it's like, you know, thanks for coming. Um, great attendance, great event. All of the, we published all of the photos from the conference, which looked sensational. So it's like, here's a link to the photos. Here's a link to our YouTube channel where we're going to publish the videos. Here's a link to Jess Archer's video, which is already live. Um, and then just like a little bit about Laracon 2024, you know, thanks to the sponsors. Welcome back. We've got uh, one, two, three, four sponsors lined up for next year already, which is great from, you know, organizational perspective. It just smooths things over a little bit for us in terms of getting straight back into 2024 and yeah, it's not sure. like 12 months of planning it's the the kinds of i was actually talking to Kaneko about this earlier today and and the kinds of venues that we're looking at and for the number of people that we have 
we're in this like weird in-between ground of attendees based on this year's numbers where we're kind of like either basically too big for some venues and way too small for other venues. So, you know, a lot of the ones that we're looking at are either two to 300 and then like the next jump is like 500 plus. And we're kind of like Mm -hmm. in that in-between. So... I, I don't know how the momentum carries forward from this year. Like Sydney is an expensive city, but it's like reasonably easy for people to get to and things like that. So I've I've actually got some, some time booked over the next few weeks to go and look at venues in a few different cities and a few different venues just to kind of figure out, you know, which and where we're going to go. And then the the main thought at the moment is this is this is our numbers. And like the the theater itself, the the foyer is kind of like a through fair. No one hangs out there. You can go hang out outside, and you can go into the theater, but there's not really any space. And so some of the feedback that I got from a few different people is that, especially the seasoned conference goers, like we just want to go and hang with the people. You know, the, the talks yeah, are there, yeah. and we'll see the talks. But like, really, we want to have the conversations and meet the people and, and do the mingling. And we didn't really have that capability at the venue we're at this year and now we're kind of outgrown it really where you know people go out we we have generous breaks but you go out with your little group and you kind of go out outside and you go and do your own thing with your little group and then you come back and then everyone's in the theater and like no one's really talking to each other so a big focus for me next year is is to make sure that we can enable that kind of networking you know that people get the opportunity to do that you know, in a in a shared space that's big enough that you know you're not going to feel cramped or anything like that. So we've got a few different options, and then you know that that means we're looking at those specific kinds of venues where we're looking, you know, to to fit our numbers. So we'll probably look at a venue of about 400 next year, which like narrows us down. As I said, you know, the venues are typically like 250, 300, or 500 plus. So yeah. you know, looking for that kind of narrows the number of venues down, and then the types of venues we're looking at—the theaters with like vaulted seating and proscenium floors, like raised stages and things like that—means that they're typically hosting performances of you know music or um, ballet or dance or you know theater style performances, and that means that those things are typically not like one-off events. They're multiple They're shows for a while yeah multiple yeah. shows over weeks or months depending on what it is and where we're looking which means that like we really need to look at as many venues as we can that that fit like our list of requirements and then you know get it locked in now so that you know other people have to book around us so that's that's the focus at the moment is to is to look at a whole bunch of venues and make sure we fit you know check as many of the boxes that we've got room for socializing that we can cater on site if we want to that we can obviously fit the number of people that there's room for like sponsors if they want to set up their their booths and things like that and then you know having the opportunity to to like whether or not we do this or not i don't know at this stage but at least giving ourselves the ability to have tutorials or workshops or have the ability to do like professional networking and things like that so and then you know and again that then narrows the venues down further as well because we kind of get pretty specific with, with those things. And like, you know, we may find that we've got the ability to host 20 or 50 or a hundred in a workshop or something like that. And then we may find that we don't have the interest for it. And then we just like, don't do it. Yeah. And it, like, it's not yeah. really a Laracon thing, right? 
I think our crowd is yeah, more right. about it's single sort of single track. So you're saying Lyricon is typically single track, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it's typically single track. I, mean, and I like, think there are there, yeah. So like Lyricon India single track. I think hasn't Lyricon EU done multi track before? I don't recall that they've done multi track, but I do. I'm pretty sure that that Europe has Lyricon done New a York tutorial one time. Day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Got you. Like beforehand or something. Yeah. Like so it's like a day before where they got have it, got it, got like three yeah. or four workshops, and you can kind of sign up to go and and do something like that. So you know, J Max done those kinds I've of never, tutorials, yeah. and Stephen Reese Carter has done them. Right. And like, I there there are people that will do them. It's just a matter of like, are people interested in those kind of topics? So you know, we can sure. we can always sell that. And then you know, if there's not enough people to fill a room, we could just say, you know, sorry, we're not doing that. Here's a refund of whatever the the cost of that workshop is but yeah i've seen uh, i remember in laricon at laricon new york one i think it was was it the first year or the second year i can't remember if they called it the hallway track i think they did basically there was a second stage across the hall that mm-hmm. was just and if anybody wanted to talk they could mm-hmm. just sign up for a slot yeah yeah i remember that go, you could do like a five or, or ten minute lightning talk type thing yeah i think it was like a 15 minute i think it was a 15 minute yeah like lightning talk thing mm-hmm. sort of deal so yeah i don't know right it's because you don't want to drive up the cost of the venue too much you don't want to really make it prohibitively expensive but you do want to get what you want i, I bet you that was kind of just in there as an added on throw in mm-hmm. bonus it was like well you guys are renting out the whole theater we got this over here yeah, too it's like, yeah sure we'll try space. and use that yeah. so and it was like yeah. a side side theater or a green room or a rehearsal yeah. space or something like that yeah it was a side theater yeah it wasn't, it wasn't a green room but um but anyway yeah I, I think that um i'm trying to remember some of the best venues that we've had i think Laricon. Louisville was really good for that. They had mm-hmm. a they had a big like area right outside yeah. the venue or right outside the theater, which is awesome. Nashville was good this year. Uh, they would kind of close the doors in between talks, uh, where there was a kind of like a section between like the networking area and then mm-hmm. like the talk area. Yeah, New York had a good version of that. Yeah, Chicago did. I mean, so yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Like all of them kind of have had that. I didn't even realize that. That's something that as an organizer, I wouldn't have even thought about until after you had the conference. And then you're like, oh yeah, there is that piece that we missed maybe. Yeah. yeah so that's mm-hmm. that's good feedback, I guess. Yeah. I was nerding out about one other thing that I wanted to talk about with you real quick. So sure. it has not as much to do with programming, doesn't at all, as it does to do with events mm-hmm. and this idea of like live editing. Yeah. So the great thing about live editing is when you're done, you're done. Yeah. The bad thing about live editing is if you screw up the shot, you're you're toast. Like it's it's done. It already happened. Mm-hmm. It's live, right? There is a best of both worlds. So there is this board that we have. I think it's called an A10 Mini Extreme. Yeah. Yeah, that had something like that. Um, it's by Black Magic. Yeah. yeah. So I looked at the eight. I looked at the one they had in Nashville this year, and they had an A10 Mini Pro, but not an Extreme. Yeah. An Extreme has up to eight inputs. And it has a USB-C out for a clean output to like a stream. Mm -hmm. So you can USB out to a webcam. uh, So you can do like a streaming broadcast. Then it has a second USB-C out that goes to a SSD that you can plug in. And what it does is it gives you a clean out of all of the video channels and all of the audio channels Mm -hmm. simultaneously. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And then what I believe you can do is I believe you can use that same board after the fact, so it'll give you the edited version, like the live version of mm-hmm. what you're switching between. Yeah. But it also gives you the raw versions of all the other ones. So if you miss a shot or mess it up, you still have the one yeah. that you can go back and patch in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is really, really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. So 
anyway, that that's awesome. We use that at at, uh, at Wilbur, and it's pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty yeah, sweet. that had a little bit pricey, but yeah, really nice. Yeah, the I mean, these guys were a little bit more expensive than what we paid, you know, four years ago. But whether uh, that's the equipment that was that was different, or it's just because it's been four years, I, I don't know. But we had yeah. one video came through, and like we sent them out to each of the speakers so they could review their own talks before we published them. And one of the speakers came back and said. Oh, there's a bit of garbled video. Like there was probably five or ten seconds just missing, where it kind of cut oddly. And I just went back to him. I said, yeah. "Hey, this is you know no good. Is there any chance that you can rescue?" It? And they're like, "Yep, no worries. We'll check it." And uh, yeah, they went back to. They must have done. Yeah, yeah. So they had all of the, the live awesome. feeds. So they just went Super back cool. and then they had because they had like all of the OBS stuff configured. They just went through like all of the live feeds, plugged it back in there, and just like <laughs> cut it back in where it was missing. I think and, it's and no one so ever noticed. If they were using, yeah, if they were using that ATEM, I don't even think it's OBS. I think it's DaVinci. And yeah, the I think you can thing. use your board. Yeah, you can use your board as the as your actual controller, I think, mm-hmm. in your thing. So you can see like a heads-up display of all eight video feeds at once. And yeah. you basically, you're like a producer, like your camera yeah. one, click. Yeah. Camera yeah, three, exactly click. Right. Camera two, click. Picture in picture, click. I mean, like you got all, you know, you can just switch between them yeah. as it's playing live. Yeah. It's really cool. So they had anyway, like a, like had a, a wide shot. There was a, there's a wide shot of like the stage with the speaker and the screen and then there was like the screen itself and then there was a camera that was following this the speaker so we had the ability to switch between like the moving camera the wide shot yeah the screen and then they then they could go like picture in picture so they had like screen and speaker yeah and then they the had screen and the speaker, just yeah. the screen or That's just really the speaker sweet. so they could switch between you know five or six different scenes depending on on context and and things like that and i think they did a really good job in terms of like when they were switching to, you know, when you actually would want to be looking at the screen, for example. Sometimes you, I think, I think maybe the first year that we did videos, 2018, the, the first Laracon AU, the, the video was done by like people that weren't really in the tech space. So sometimes the switching was a bit out of sync in terms of like when they cut to the screen and things like that. But because we get like edited, yeah. I get the edited video. I don't get the raw feeds or anything like that. You know, it's not like I could go back and change it. But but the this team was was really good yeah. in terms of uh, getting the switching just right for you know when to look at what you know. Yeah, this was one of the positives about COVID. Honestly, is that everybody needed live streaming stuff immediately. So there was mm-hmm. this massive market. Whereas previously, that sort of thing was only really relegated to a smaller audience. Yeah. And so that competition drove innovation and it also drove the fact that like that stuff became commoditized. Mm-hmm. So the prices just went, I mean, stuff that would have been five grand a couple of years ago is now a thousand dollars. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really interesting how some of these tools like these DaVinci Black, or not, sorry, not DaVinci, sorry, these Black Magic ATEMs, mm-hmm. they went through like three versions in like a year. They yeah. went like they had their ATEM Mini, then they, they had their ATEM, then they had their ATEM Mini, then they had their ATEM Mini Pro, and then ATEM Mini Pro Extreme or whatever. So they they like just went all crazy on it and developed it. And now it's available for anybody who, you know, it's like a prosumer grade piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible. So yeah, people became like experts overnight. It felt like like in a year, you had people who went from like, oh, I'm going to bring my camera and I'm just going to hook it up with some long micro HDMI to like, yeah, you've got a whole studio set up in like, you know, you could put it in a backpack. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So anyway, it's, yeah, been, it's pretty it's cool. Really I know that um, the Brisbane Laravel meetup, they they did streaming of, of their talks and stuff through um, through COVID. And so they've, they're getting, they're, they're quite, 
good with that kind of stuff and they're picking up. I think they started again just before Laracon AU and they've, they've got the next one as well. So they'll have a couple of talks when that happens, I think. Is it this week or is it next week? Um, they've got like 50 people going to their meetup, which is crazy. Um, wow, so awesome. and, and and they've got all of the equipment, you know, to do all the streaming as well for, for that. So, right, right. Yeah, it's really cool to see that kind of stuff. That's cool. You know, still yeah. kicking on. Um, you know, the other side of you know, the other side of COVID, but also the other side of Laracon AU. So it would be interesting to see if the other meetups start to spring up again. I know Sydney kind of started up again. Marty, who was one of the speakers, is not Marty, sorry. Um Tim and Nabil. They're they're kind of bringing Melbourne Laravel back as well. So, you know, it's 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 good to see that all of that stuff is kind of coming back to the to the fore, which is really nice. And hopefully we'll we'll see it continue, you know, into into the new year. That's, it's always the trick is is keeping that stuff running um, regularly. Uh, Greg, who who helps out run, we which we know all about. We know all about the pain of running, yeah, running things, keeping regularly. things regularly. <laughs> um, Greg, <laughs> it's like. For me, for me, I was like, dude, my, my fear is always like, if we miss like more than just a little bit, I'm like, dude, this is it. This is the start of the slide yeah. where it's like, if you don't get a hold of it quick, it's like, you know, before you know it, a month and a half, two months has gone by, you're through a quarter of a year and it's mm-hmm. like, I guess we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so I, I'm always like, ah, just want to It's funny though, because like, you know, we, we, we don't. We don't necessarily get a lot of feedback. I know that you will sometimes have people slide into your DMs and and talk about the podcast. And most of the time, you know, we record and we put the episode out. We don't really publish. We don't do any socials for it. We don't really talk about it. It kind of just goes out into the into the ether and, and whatever. But you know, it was nice to to have quite a few people come up to me at at Laracon and kind of say, you know, thanks thanks for the podcast and thanks for the stuff that you're doing. And yeah, you know, it's yeah, nice right. to know that even though we don't hear about it, there's this quiet number of people out there that are listening yeah so. totally i and it's sort of like it makes me um i don't know like i watch aaron francis and um the godfather of laravel <laughs> yeah and okay you're gonna have to bear with me here because i'm not kidding i have literally been i think i'm really tired i was up till 1 a.m last night and i'm i'm really tired tonight and so i'm probably gonna go in a minute here honestly but like i've had a really difficult time recalling names like it takes me seconds to get names like i know ian landsman's name i know that name yeah but when i said aaron francis and i was searching for his name it didn't come to me yeah i'm like that's scary dude like that's like oh that is a really bad feeling it does not feel good so that's my body telling me i need to go to sleep i think anyway yes that podcast and how like their video is like looks really good and like they they put video out and and everything i'm like man like should we do that like i'm sort of wondering if the the holdup is me on that, honestly, not mm-hmm. you. You've put the, you've invested the time and the money and the like. You've got the office and stuff. I don't have any of that. I'm literally <laughs> sitting at my kitchen table every single time we do this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the the usually with a happy birthday poster behind me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at some point, I might, uh, I might just be like, okay, I'm gonna get an office here, and and then I mean, we've got everything we need. Like, it, it would just, it would not take that much more to really produce this thing in a way that we could. Um, do more than just an audio yeah. podcast. We could put some video out there. I really enjoy watching video stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I think it would be nice to, we, you know, we're already doing it anyway. I mean, I'm looking at your face right now. You're, it's, we do it this, you know, we do the video call. It's not like it's yeah. something extra we'd have to do. No. All we have to do is record it and put it out there. So 
Anyway. And there's like heaps of tooling, as you said, because of COVID, there's heaps of stuff out there. Right. You know, we we used Restream previously and Restream through COVID did did a whole bunch of work where it's like they've got the whole control center there and they handle switching and animation and like picture in picture and all of that kind of stuff where it's like it's there and it's available. It's just a matter of, you know, when you're using the MacBook camera, it's not quite the same, you know, and, and that's why we, we sort of right. stopped streaming the the videos is because we did we weren't really putting in the effort for it. So, you know, maybe next year. Maybe not. Who knows? Up to you. Maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the also also the uh, other things I really like that Joel 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 and Aaron do mm-hmm. this with the audio where they um they do those little clips and then it has like the audio or the you know the, the, the audio words on the thing. And the, yeah, the transcript. The audiogram. Yeah, I think that's really handy actually because a lot of times I'll be listening, I'll be looking, scrolling through Twitter or whatever. I'm, I have my phone on mute almost always, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so if somebody's got a podcast or whatever, it's like, eh, I don't really know if it's interesting or not. And I don't necessarily want to turn on my sound to find out. Mm-hmm. But if you have like the captions, then I can read and like, oh, yeah, I actually do want to hear that. And so I'll take it off mute or whatever, or just watch the captions. It's, you know, so that's pretty cool too. Anyway, I think there's a lot more we could probably do to market the podcasts if we cared to. I mean, we've got mm-hmm. two of them that we've been doing for six years now. So we've got, we've got the material you know it's just mm-hmm. actually taking the time to to market it but i don't know that's the question too is it's like do either of us actually have the time the desire or whatever to do so i don't know yeah we'll probably yep. find a freaking sponsor before we spend more time doing that <sighs> yeah but, uh, anyway yeah i'm i'm all tapped out on sponsors man i gotta <laughs> i was we, yeah exactly. we were very very fortunate with laricon this year like we had quite a number come on quite early in the year which was which was really nice and that kind of like the sponsors, I, I said this in my clothes at Laracon. It's that like the sponsors don't necessarily assist with any of the operation of the event. Like they don't help out with with hosting, or you know they're not expected to do any um, ushering or or any of that kind of stuff. Really, the sponsors are there from from an organizer's perspective, from my perspective at least to help keep the cost of the tickets reasonable for everyone. And then they enable, obviously, the the conference to be able to do nice things, you know, have a good after party, look after the speakers, make sure that, you know, they're not... Because it's like, as you know, as a speaker, like it's a, it's a lot of effort to, to put into the talk. And like yeah, man, sometimes you do it like as personal marketing or something like that. But when, when, you do, when you've got these speakers that do it lots and they're putting in you know, new talks and they're, they're doing a new talk two or three times a year. That's a lot of hours that they're putting into it that they're not spending on on work or their side thing or family or whatever else. And, you know, making sure that, like, I was extremely paranoid about, like, over-communicating with speakers. Like, I wanted them to know when they need to be where, when they're speaking, you know, making sure they had their flights booked, that they were getting to the right hotel, because the one that we stayed at apparently there were seven with the same name, and they were just in different parts of Sydney. Oh no! So it's like no way. this hotel, you know, some suburb of Sydney. So in the end, I just went, look, we'll Uber for business. I will book the the Uber for you. You'll get a text that like just click the link. They'll come and pick you up, and and take you to the right place. And I'll pay for it. Like the conference will pay for it, and you don't have to worry about it. Like after flying, especially when you're flying from like us or portugal or or the uk like we want you to not be so tired from flying that you get to the wrong hotel and then you're stressed about being in a city yeah. on the other side of the world yeah exactly. so you know we 
I try very hard to make sure that like the speakers only have to worry about coming and giving their talk and then they can like, you know, hang out with people and relax. They don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. So, you know, and then, and then having the sponsors kind of like, as I said, offsets the cost of the tickets, which keeps the, the, the costs down for attendees and, and it makes sure that we get like a really high quality speakers giving interesting talks that, you know, apply to a number of people. I just realized that when I sent out my email today, it did not include the NPS survey. <laughs> Dope. Oh, no. And I just paid Ian money for it too. I was going to say, speaking that. of Ian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nabbit. Yeah, it's, uh, dude, it's, 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 here's, here's what I'll say about the speaker half of it. I never want to go to Laracon again and not be a speaker. And there's really like only one reason why, which is that, when you're not a speaker, the people that I want to talk to, I can only really talk to in between talks and they're being talked to by everybody. And when you're a speaker, you basically, you get like the, it's in addition, in addition to going to Laracon, you get like the VIP bat, the VIP pass, right? Like you get to talk and hang out with the people who do all the Laravel, Laracon stuff that you're, that you kind of want to go hang out with, right? Like, um, I felt like I always felt like in previous Laracons, it was like I had to trick somebody to going out to dinner. Like you had to be in the right place, right time and be outgoing enough to ask somebody to kind of like, hey, do you guys want to go hang out? Yeah. And being a speaker, it's just built in. Like yeah. you do it at the speaker dinner, like and since you've been hanging out at the speaker dinner and you got there before and you kind of have the camaraderie of being speakers, it's just like you're hanging out anyway. It's so much more. It's I don't know. I can't say it's so much more fun. It was just really fun. And maybe it was just because it had been a long time since we'd had an in-person Laracon. I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing or con- you know, yeah. conflating the two. But, man, I it was really, really fun this year. And so, yeah. Yeah. The camaraderie, I think, I've is, got, is uh, a good point as well. Because I think yeah, yeah. if you put all of the speakers in contact with each other before the conference, like Stephen said that there was like a Telegram chat. And we and he asked, you know, can we sure, do yeah. the same kind of thing for Laracon AU? So we put all of the speakers into a Telegram chat before the conference and that enabled me to like you know quickly communicate with them about you know are we going to go and have lunch like when the international speakers came in the day before or the other speakers you know let's go here and have lunch kind of thing but it also meant that all the speakers could talk like share their talks i know that all of the speakers that were in brisbane got together a couple of weeks before the conference and they all like did a, a live rehearsal with each other so that they could you know speak and share their their talks and get feedback. You know, some some of the more seasoned speakers could give feedback on some of the newer speakers and and things like that, which was really yeah. good. So that was that was really nice. But it also meant that you know, if you wanted feedback or you wanted to have any conversations about, I mean, they, they were talking about bags and stuff and like buying new travel bags and things like that. But putting putting them all together, you know, gets them to know each other, which gives the attendees a bit more of a cohesive conference experience as well because it's like yeah there's 16 friends that are all you know coming to share their ideas with you it's not just 16 strangers that you know and and that then like filtered into the conference where they all like were standing side stage or backstage you know uh, what's the word uh encouraging you know the the more seasoned speakers were encouraging the new ones and like they were their side stage to say well done at the end of it like it was it was a whole beautiful thing that like when you put all these people together that are like have spent you know not heaps of time but a bit of time together and they've gotten to know each other they're 
they're supportive of each other. And I think that comes across as, as a better experience for attendees as well. So definitely something that, you know, we try and make life as easy as possible and then give, give them at least some sense of community and belonging, um, as, as like yeah. to, to like, the, what's the word, the, the not gendered, like brotherhood of speakers, you know, the, the familyhood, yeah, right. what, what, what have you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. I'm working on uh state machines version two. Actually, so in all seriousness, I actually am sort of working on that a little bit. I've got um, X state is what we've used in JavaScript, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And then we, t- so fine, I'll, that's good. And then state machines is what we talked about at my Laracon talk, uh, of course, which at the end of it, it was just a very simple classes and, and uh, you know, events basically coming in really, really simple. And people have used this pattern and reached out to me and be like, Hey, I, 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 what the, the common theme I'm hearing is, Hey, I was really excited about this. I used it. And then I hit a wall. Like mm-hmm. I got to a spot where I didn't know what to do next. And I've seen it be where basically like, it's like either they have multiple states that they're trying to maintain, or they have like parallel states or nested states and blah, 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 blah. State machines are great. There is a wall that you hit, but there is a next level that solves that problem, which is state charts. And state charts uh, aim to solve that by providing parallel state machines and nested state machines and hierarchical state machines and entry and exit um, actions and historical states and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there is a solution to this, but that was outside of the scope of my talk. Mm -hmm. So I think, I figure I could probably build upon my initial talk because you have to know all that stuff that I talked about in my state machines talk to kind of understand and grasp where we would go from there. But I think I could give a quick recap and then move forward into state charts, I think, which would be pretty cool. The other thing that I'm working on and looking at a little bit is I'm sort of making an X state version of uh, like, you know, X states in JavaScript, but making something like that that I could use in Livewire. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've I've noticed that we're converting a couple of things from Vue to Livewire, a couple of things that are using X state. And so getting that all working in Livewire, I think would be really helpful. Because with Livewire, you have that whole sort of like front end that like you do you do front end stuff in Livewire, right? You have that reactivity in there. For me, it's like I, I've replaced a lot of the view stuff with just Livewire. It's like a, that single page component or that single little component that you can do in Vue that gives you all that re- reactivity. Yeah, now I do that in Livewire. But the, the thing I'm missing is that state machine. Um, I don't have a great way to sort of duplicate and re-implement that. So we're actually, we've, we've got one we just built, a little state machine interpreter uh, that we're using for Livewire. But we're, not, we're on Livewire 2. And so we're moving some stuff over so we can upgrade to Livewire 3 where you have synthesizers. And then I think that will be the key. I think the Livewire 3 synthesizers will be what I need in order to get this thing working fully how I want it to. So yeah, that, that's kind of cool. So I've... I've got some ideas kicking around for what I could do for like state state machines version two, and um, I think it think it could be pretty neat. So I'll keep you updated. Um, yeah, I said to Daniel, did you sneak a state machine talk into the conference? Yeah. How how dare you? I specifically didn't invite Jake because all he wanted to talk about was state <laughs> machines. <laughs> but uh, he goes he goes uh, event sourcing is all state machines, my friends. So, but um, yeah, yeah, I, we talked about it a little bit at Laracon uh, US, and so. Yeah, I need to talk with them a little bit more about it. I, I I need to see verbs more, and I need to watch this talk because I was listening to it instead of mm-hmm. watching it because I was painting. So anyway, speaking of painting, yeah, 
I've just been expecting yeah, he'll, him. Yeah, um, his, his talk won't be out until next week, I think. That's when we got it scheduled. So he, he said he was going to knock out some videos to kind of um, accompany the talk a little bit and flesh out some of the ideas a bit a bit more. So that'll be good. We'll, we'll try and get get those published. Well, we won't publish them. He'll publish them. We'll just send them out um, as as part of you know whatever marketing we do for those videos. So it'll be yep. good. Well, sounds good, dude. Uh, let's wrap this one, shall we? Let's do it. Episode 146. Uh, Northmeetsouth.audio slash 146 for show notes. Hit us up on Twitter. Jacob Bennett, Michael Dorinda at North South Audio for any feedback. Rate us up in your podcast of choice. Five stars would be amazing. Thanks everybody so much. We will see you again next time. Peace. Bye.